You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahaven.com. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange with me, Arthur Parkinson, and my friend, Sarah Raven. In this episode, we're going to be talking about two stalwarts of the cutting garden and also the container garden, cosmos and zinnias, two really profusely flowering flower plants for summer. And they're brilliant in the garden for garden presence and also in the vase. They thrive on being cut, so they're one of mine and Sarah's favourite seeds to be planting and sowing now. Sarah, what zinnias and cosmos are you going to be filling the garden with this year at Perch Hill? Well, it's it's funny. I mean, cosmos are dear to my heart. And you were a bit worried when I suggested this, that we talked about cosmos and zinnias too much already. But I sort of feel you almost can't talk about them too much, as long as you've got something new to say. And that's because for me, they were my starting point. And when I did my meter square patches, when I was still a medic uh, working in Brighton, these trial patches of cut flowers and I compared calendulas, salvaviridis blue, antirhinums uh, with cosmos. Cosmos came out top in terms of productivity, both in terms of how many stems I could pick per week, but also how many weeks that they produced from coming into flower in the middle of July. If you plant them now, even if you sow them now, but if you plant plugs for sure and going on cropping, until it, with us at Perch Hill, it's early November. But I think over the years, that's why I want to talk about it again. There is a big thing that's happened with Cosmos, which is that they are bred. A lot of the seed is actually grown out in Morocco. And what happens with that is that you are selecting for a different microclimate to ours with a much longer growing season, but actually weirdly a shorter day uh, than our full high summer days. But what happens is that the plants tend to grow, 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 lots and lots of leaf, lots of foliage, really bushy, but they flower really late. And what we've found is that there are ways to avoid that, which are two or perhaps threefold. So the first, and we're doing a big trial of that this this year, but we experimented a bit with it last year, is I definitely think cosmos thrive in quite poor soils. And so actually adding grit or vermiculite or whatever you want to do to decrease the fertility if you're on a rich soil is a good thing to do because otherwise what I find is that you can get a bit of rust and you get this thing of them growing and growing and growing more leaf, more leaf and less flower. And actually by growing them quite impoverished, they come to flower earlier. But the second thing I would add to that is I'm increasingly in love with the slightly more compact varieties I mean, all the sonata or the sensations which are bred for pots are lovely, but I'm not actually thinking of those. I'm thinking of the middle-sized ones. Like, for instance, rather than perhaps purity, now I would grow more fizzy white, which is slightly more compact and comes to flower earlier in the year. And similarly, perhaps rather than Dazzler, which is where I started, I would probably go for something like Rubenza, which is a similar lovely, deep, deep, rich, velvety carmen a bit less bright than Dazzler, but I like that richness and it's a bit more compact. So I think with those two things, decreasing the strength of your soil and going for perhaps some more, slightly more compact varieties, middle-sized varieties, 
you're guaranteed to have fantastic, really flowery plants. Anyway, Arthur, over to you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with what you said about the, the Sontana, or however you pronounce them, series that you will find in the garden centres. I find they are far too compact for even mm. me. And what tends to happen with those is every stem gives a flower because they've been designed to do that rather than give height. And they tie mm. themselves out really quickly. Mm. And um, it's the only time where I've thrown Cosmos away before the first frost because what tends to happen is they spend so much energy, almost like hens that lay an egg every day, and then they seem to go into molt and the foliage tires. And I've even seen them develop like rust on the end of the leaves, whereas the the more airy fizzy whites and Rubenza, they're my two favourites as well. Yeah. They're just a bit more delicate, but they're not going to overpower your containers Whereas your traditional cut flower stalwarts, Purity and Dazzler, I would only do those in the flower bed. Yeah. Because um, they just develop a really big stout stalk and they need yes. to because they're going to get to, you know, pushing six foot, if not far taller. But yes. they need small space. Whereas the, the Rebenza and Fizzy White, lovely for large containers. But I'm actually excited about zinnias this year. Mm. Um, and I'm going to do a trial in my pots of the Aztec series, Aztec Sunny Mixed and Aztec burgundy bicolour i'm really looking forward to both of those because when i've grown them in the past which is quite a while ago they're lovely spillers for pots yes and they're profuse i've tried to grow the bigger zinnias but i've just found they they're quite high maintenance i've found uh, right. for me so i prefer the the, the, the aztec ones and they're apparently they make good cut flowers too they're um, amazing they yeah. honestly last four weeks in a mm. vase i just couldn't believe it. if you keep them cool not in too on too sunny a window ledge or near an arg or anything but mm. i promise you they last four weeks in the vase it's just yeah. incredible yeah i love zinnias and now is exactly the moment that you want to start thinking about either planting or even sowing zinnias because mm. they catch up so quickly i mean funnily enough we sowed some over the weekend, last weekend on a Friday, and by the Monday they'd all germinated really? with a bit of basal heat. And I really apologise if you've heard me say this before, because I have talked about zinnias before in a previous episode, but it's so important, I've got to repeat it, which is they're just like basil, which is they hate cold nights. And so I always think if you're happy to have supper in your garden, now is the time to sow or plant zinnia plants because they will really struggle if nighttime temperatures plummet and they just sulk and then they go black. Just like basil, it's the same thing. So wait until you're happy to have supper in your garden. And if that day never comes, but you've got a conservatory, wait till you're happy to have supper in your conservatory without heating. Then they can go into your conservatory or greenhouse without heating. Mm. But they really struggle. And the funny enough, the first time I completely fell in love with zinnias was weirdly in Sri Lanka, where you see them. I, I was in Gaul in, in Sri Lanka visiting my niece, and there was a playground, and all the way around this playground were these zinnias that were honestly up to hip height. And so I talked to the grower, because I was so blown away by them, and he said, watering in the morning, not at night, which is the same with basil, never send them to bed wet but they like really quite a humid soil and lots of light and, and never getting too cold. So Sri Lanka, where it was a little bit humid, they thrived. So don't be worried about watering them, but water them in the morning, not in the evening. Mm. And I would say definitely my favourites are Benari's Giant Lime with Queenie Red Lime. 
I, I just love that soft sort of chartreuse greeny color. It's not a sharp euphorbia green. It's much more muted than that, but it's beautiful. And mixed with queenie red lime, or I think it's actually called lime red, that opens in bud really green. And then the center of the flower is sort of dark jewel, deep kind of reddy crimsony color. And then as the flowers develop, it becomes more muted and the petals turn from green to pink. And it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, I love that one too. And you you discovered that a while ago, but a new one that you discovered that I picked a lot last year was its sister, who is dressed in orange, Zinnia Queenie Lime Orange. Mm. And I love I love them both. You know what they remind me of? When you go into um, a naughty bakery and you just know all those buns are laced with e-numbers with their, yes. their naughty sauce and sorbet toppings. I love them for that. They're very cupcakey to me. Yes. But, yeah. So I, I maybe I maybe should give them a better go. I do the difference between them I find is that Cosmos, you can play about with Cosmos, you can pick them out, pop them up several times, but with zinnias, mm. they do not like to be taken out of their nursery quickly, do they? No, they don't like root disturbances. No. Completely right. I think they're one of the things that you can actually direct so straight into the pot. Yeah. So, you know, if you've got a, a deep window box or you know, a decent-sized container, I would just scatter... I might do that. ...seeds just straight yeah. in and thin them to good spacing so you really want a good foot, 30 centimetres between each plant because... Mm. Or maybe maybe a bit less, maybe like 25, maybe sort of 10 inches, 25, that sort of thing, because uh, you want good air circulation because that's the one thing is that they can get botrytis. But the thing about the Bonari series and these new varieties like the Queenie series... They've been bred to be botrytis resistant. Oh, okay. So you just don't get that annoying thing that I used to get with Zinnia Envy that I used to sow. Maybe I'd want to end up with 50 plants and I'd end up having to sow a couple of hundred because uh, I would get such bad damping off. And they've got, they used to have really, they were very fungal prone, but there's been such good breeding now that mm. all this Benares giant coral, Benares giant purple, Benares giant wine, you know, there's so many. And they've all been bred to have really good disease resistance. So you really don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. I'm going to sow my, my Aztec burgundy seeds into the new recycled tyre seed trays that we're doing. Oh, yeah, lovely. I thought they'd be good. That's um, a really good idea. Because it's a rubber seed tray divided up, so one seed into each little cell. And then you can just massage the bottom and the whole little seed cell will mm. come out, won't it? Mm, and that's I'll probably, such a good idea. Because the nice thing about both Cosmos and Zinnia Seed is you can sit there on your coffee table and count your baker's dozen out. Mm. And that's, you know, so a baker's dozen of each, I would say. Yeah. Um, I don't need more than that in my garden. No, Sarah probably needs a bit more, but yeah. And then I, I just also wanted to mention just for late stuff for planting now in your garden that's going to, keep it looking really lush and lovely and colourful late in the year. I want to mention the straw flowers, which I know mm. we have talked about before. Uh, they used to be called heliochrysums. They're now called xerochrysums. And there are more and more of these becoming available. And then there's the, the xeranthemums also. And what I find with these is that sown into a pot or planted as plugs into a pot at this stage in the year, so late May when the frosts are over or early June, the thing is that they come up to flower and because they dry and keep their colour, 
you're looking at a pot, you know, almost until Christmas looking fabulous. And so we're doing a big trial of these as pot plants this year. And I, mm. I think I have mentioned it in a previous episode. But I'm really excited that along with our mint trial and our fig in pots trial is the trial I'm most excited about to really see what's going to happen this summer with these. Because I just think I kind of love the idea of walking through a city and just seeing like window boxes full of these literally drying as they grow, but you can pick them to bring inside. They dry and they will keep their color until Christmas or later. And they will just make for such low maintenance container plants really. So I'm, I'm excited about literally growing them as living everlastings basically. Yeah. Any others that you would still think of planting? I've still got one more to end with. You've, but just, just to be clear, you've still got plenty of time in, in my view, if you're without a greenhouse, to sow both uh, zinnias and cosmos. I mean, I've sown cosmos first week of June and they, they have more than enough time to flower. Yeah. So you have got, you know, got a lot of time to sow these things. They're very fast to grow, so that's why I sow mine late. I've got nowhere to stall them once I've sown them. And the key thing is with Cosmos in particular is pinching out, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, do pinch them out several times, I would say. The more you pinch out, the nicer frame of a plant you'll get. It'll go sideways, not just up. Mm. And um, so true. increasingly when we're on the road teaching, it's the one question at the end of the day that people say, why haven't my Cosmos flowered? Mm. And it's often because um, they're just thinking in their heads because a lot of the seeds come from warm places that they've got a much longer growing season. And so sometimes what happens with a cosmos seedling is it almost will start to look like a, a baby conifer. It'll just be loads, masses, masses of foliage. And what you must do if it gets to, you know, the end of July, if you've got any cosmos that look like that, is really harshly pinch them out, almost by halfway, I would say, mm. to a pair of leaves. And what that will do, it will stress the young plant out. It will really take its wind out of its sails and it'll think, oh, I've been taken halfway down. I've got to produce flower buds now. Mm. So please do that. Don't think, oh, I'll just let it carry on and on. Because what will happen is it will go on and on, but it will start to produce its flower buds, you know, in mid-September, which by that time, you're not going to get as many cut flowers from that plant as you could have done. So be quite hard with them and they will flower very well for you. Mm, totally. So one last plant that I have increasingly come to sow maybe even three times a year and I would do it once in the autumn I would do it once in the early spring and I would do it once now and certainly be planting it now and that's serinthi mm. because what I find is serinthi or honeywort is of course hardy so if you plant it like in June or even in July it's coming up to peak production as the nighttime temperatures begin to to fall in sort of August, September, even into October time. And as a hardy annual, it doesn't bat an eyelid. So just like hardy annuals can be outside in the spring, hardy annuals can be outside in the autumn. Oh. And whereas something like a cosmos, if you get a really bad gale or and it's really wet or windy or cold, then they will begin to struggle. And you will find that with the zinnias for sure. Whereas with Cerinthi, they'll just be coming up to their peak and they would then keep going. And sometimes I think by putting them in the garden now, I actually find they can keep us going almost until Christmas. And that's such a lovely thing. So lots of ideas of things that can still go out in the garden now, can still be sown and certainly can still be planted as seedlings. But absolutely, as Arthur said, there is one rule that needs to be the take home 
from this episode, which is if in doubt, pinch out. And whether you're buying them in the garden center, getting them in the post or sowing them yourself, once you've got three pairs of leaves, remove the tip between your thumb and your first finger. And that will mean that the growth hormone will no longer push up to make a tall leggy thing, but push out to make a short, bushy, more productive, more flowery and more long lasting plant. If in doubt, pinch out. Thanks very much for listening to Grow Cookie to Range. And next week, we've got a special episode to go with World Bee Day. So join us then. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahaven.com.